welcome to the Everything Theatre podcast, brought to you by Everything Theatre, a theatre review and interview website covering more than just London Fringe Theatre. Each week we'll bring you interviews with some of the best that Fringe Theatre has to offer. We'll talk to theatre makers about new shows, hear about the art of making the plays, talk about some of the wonderful venues you may never have heard of before. In short, we will chat Everything Theatre and what makes it tick. So let's dive straight in and hear what today's episode has to offer. Today I've got Aaron Lee Ells and Jay O'Connell. Aaron Lee is the writer, uh, playwright for the show Defreest, and Jay is his leading actor in the play. So, love to meet you both. Do you want to tell us a little bit about what Defreest is all about? Yeah, sure. So, Defreest is about an American prisoner, Mark Defreest. Um, it's an episodic play that uses multiple theatrical devices, and it shows the life and the treatment of Mark and the injustices that he's faced over the last 42 years. And how did you come across the, his story? It, it looks a fascinating story, but, I mean, it's not one I'd ever heard of until I saw you know, details of your play. Yeah, I, I hadn't heard of it until 2020. So it was just under two years ago. Um, I was just scrolling through Facebook videos and I just saw a little sort of animated video um, that was showing this prison Houdini, they called it. And it was Mark's most cunning and interesting escapes. Um, and it just propelled me into researching further. And the more I found out, the more I became wrapped up in the story and about his life. Um, and I just thought it was incredible that so many people hadn't heard of this before, myself included, before I saw that video. And that's definitely the main reason why I wanted to write the play. I want to play my part in telling this story. Your last play, that was American-based as well, wasn't it? Wasn't that American? Yes. That, that, American-based to... true story. Yeah, there's it, a theme going it, here. Is it just American <laughs> stories that fascinate you or is it just coincidence? <laughs> it's just coincidence. Um, and it's just there's so many stories out there that not many people know about and people luckily for me make these little facebook videos that's how i found the previous play as well because that was the lottery wasn't that the lottery winners or something the last one yes yeah Yeah. so just just dawned on me actually as as you were talking about it um so jay jay you play defreest in this play now Mm. you you've done sort of um you played in 2020 on the short run didn't you sort of rehearse um Mm -hmm. What what is it that brought you to this role? What is it that made you really want to do this role? Yeah, so we, we worked on this in uh, the summer of 2020 after the first lockdown at the Brenton Roses. And uh, what made me want to come back to this especially is um, I, I kind of felt that we weren't done telling Mark's story, if that makes sense. I feel like it's it's one of those things that's frustrating because there's only so much you can do. And when it is a true story, you want to kind of honor that and you want to like you want to help these people out and and it's not something you can like directly do necessarily so i want to come back to it just like see if we can um give more of a voice and 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 get this message across and tell this story i also love working with aaron so um, that's always a plus as well (laughs) and how much jay how much did you research into sort of the history of um Mm -hmm. Mark DeFray. Mm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, did, did you do a lot of research into him? Yes, I did as much as I could. I scoured the internet. 
um, for as much information as I could get, because um, there is a documentary um, that was made. Um, I think it's called The Life of Mark DeVries. Is that right, Aaron? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yes, correct me if I'm wrong on that. So there was a documentary that was made about him um, bringing light, um, um, his perils and, and his story to light. And um, there's a couple of articles, but not a whole lot other than that. So um, it's down to us to just look at where he came from, what his life was like, um, the town he grew up in, that kind of thing, what his parents might have done. Do as much research as you can. Um, because when it is a real person, um, as an actor, when you're modeling a character of a real person, A, you want to honor them, but B, you kind of want to get as much of a model as you can before you get going. You want to kind of create this outline, this shape, um, and then kind of develop on that. When it is a real person, is do you feel a need to sort of look at that person i assume in the documentary there's footage of him is there i assume there's footage mm-hmm, of him mm-hmm. so you can sort of yeah you, you see his mannerisms and that do you, do you feel a need yeah. to try and copy those or is that secondary do you think as long as you get his sort of sort of mm. voice right and that I don't, I don't know i mean as an actor how much of it do you feel you need to be exactly like him or how much is sort of free reign mm-hmm, to you mm-hmm. I think it definitely depends on um, each actor and it definitely depends on each story that you tell as well. I think for a story like this, I wanted to take as much as I could from it because I'm trying to tell a, I'm trying to tell his story that still kind of feels un, unresolved. Um, and for some, yeah, for something like this, I want to take as much as I can from it and, and kind of like keep that as a baseline because I want to honor what, this guy's going through what he's, what he's still going through today yeah it's i don't know it's 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 tough i think each actor will tell you something different um because obviously we're making theater we're dramatizing something we are using this story and using different themes and motifs um to like say something to this story to like send a different message and obviously there's going to be some level of dramatization and and movement around that but you kind of want to keep true to it as much as you can I think, I think you want to like keep um, this core idea that you can always come back to. The play you say is going to use physical theatre, music, text, and more. I do like and more. That could be anything. Could it? Um, Aaron, <laughs> what is? Why did you? What, what is it that makes you move away from the more traditional, just a straight text-based play for a character like this? Yeah, there's, there's there's a couple of reasons. One is just because of how sort of widespread this story is and how long the timeline is it's 42 years and we're telling you're telling the audience about things that happens in the 80s and things that happen now so to do that and to include all of the characters and the real people that pop up in that time would be nearly impossible to do sort of just a straight text-based play unless it was like three four hours long Um, but we didn't want to put the audience through that and then also it just comes down to my own sort of artistic preference and artistically I like to play with form and not to fit productions into a box um, so I think that is a good fit with Mark's story as well because there's some things that happen over the last 42 years that are just so absurd um, and the audience just wouldn't quite get it if we just sort of sat them down and explained it through words. Your last your last one was a musical wasn't it didn't you put music in the last play as well? It was a play with music um, some people trying to call it a musical, but I'm trying to hold on to that. To play with music. <laughs> play with music. I know. Yes. I, 
and they were quite known where the line draws, whether the play steps over mm. to be a musical mm. or not. Is, what are the it, rules? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Is it like more than 50% <laughs> of the show is, is singing? It's a musical, <laughs> maybe. Um, Jay, with, so this variety mm. of styles, um, the mm. are you singing in this by any chance? Do you have to sing? Is the song the song still in, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes, I am. Is yeah. <laughs> is, is, it, is it the variety though that attracts you? Is it sort? Is it nice to sort of be sort of be mm. really pushed to do lots of different styles? Absolutely, absolutely. I really, I really love using different mediums. Um, I think it's the. I, I think um, when you bring in creativity and use your imaginations, you you find something interesting and you find something new. And um, I love collaborating with people and and devising, if you want to use that word, um, with a group of artists that come together because when you put all your minds together you create something completely that you can't even think of before just to springboard off that as well i think why this play works with different styles is because it kind of reflects um mark's mind like i think at the bottom of this play we're trying to show mark as kind of like the hero in his own story and by using these different styles and themes that aren't like necessarily just straight edged it kind of represents like the state of his mind and what it goes through. And I think it does a much better effect of, of um, getting you to empathize with his situation than just like stating the facts it normally does, if you know what I mean. Aaron, you've been in touch with Mark DeFriest, haven't you? Is that, what was that, email, letters? So what, how, have you, how have you been in touch with him? Yes. So I first contacted him at the end of last year um, via JPay, which is this American online service where you can send money and you can also write emails um, and they sort of print off the emails and then give them to the inmates as if it was a letter. Um, so I, I did that and I thought that he wasn't going to reply because a couple of months went by um, and I got a bit worried because essentially I'd written, I'm doing a play, is that okay? <laughs> and I hadn't heard anything back. And then this letter arrived and it was just very, it was incredible, it was inspiring. It was four pages of handwritten. Wow. Like, yeah, it was just marked sort of, getting it all out and writing down everything that was on his mind. And yeah, he gave consent for the play to go ahead. All he asked that we do was just tell the truth. Um, and I, I actually received a letter from him a couple of days ago, sort of his second reply. Um, and he was asking that we pass the hat around at the play because he sent me his receipt of sort of the stuff he gets in the canteen. He was kind of saying how he's running low on money and can do with the support. Um, but he was like, yeah, he's like, do the play. And if you pass the hat around, we've got a deal. So we're hoping that we can get a little bit and send it to him via this online service. Um, but then he was also really humble. And he was like, if you can't raise any money, that's okay. Just your letters are enough to cheer me up. So he really appreciates it. Because he's still in prison. Oh, he's back in prison now, isn't he? Cause mm. this, yes. Because he got released, yes. what, two or three years ago? and then Yeah, I think three years ago he got released and he was sent to a sort of mental health clinic centre. Um, the idea was that he'd stay there for a year just to see how he could climatise to being out of prison. And they weren't really prepared for someone with his particular mental issues and they said they couldn't cope and unfortunately that's why he got sent back to prison and in in the letters so you said handwritten letters and what he said obviously um is 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 it clear that there's mental health up there you know is it is it sort of without being sort of too blunt and too rude is, is it the roundness of a madman in points you know is it you know i don't like using the word mad because mental health you don't mm. should but you know what i mean is it is from his writing is it is is there sort of signs that 
there is stuff going on in his head that you know is, is not helping he's he's very eloquent in what he says um he's been in the darkness for a long time like quite literally he's in solitary confinement 24 7 and he he does mention that that's had an, an effect on his mental well-being um but he expresses how he feels very artistically he sort of puts in these little codes of music he's put in some sort of secret messages of like phil collins songs and ozzy osbourne <laughs> songs and yeah when i'm deciphering the letters i go and google like if i don't know what a phrase means i google it nine times out of ten it's a song okay um which is incredible and i'm going to start building a little playlist and hopefully we'll get that in sort of some house music in the show mm-hmm. yeah but he's got a great sense of humor as well and i think he just appreciates people knowing that he's there and writing to him mm. i think you know it's, it's, it's a fascinating to go and read about this character yeah this person it's a real person it's not called my character mm. it's a real person isn't he but he has spent the best mm. part of 40 years isn't he in prison sort of released <laughs> rearrested released rearrested so um mm. he is a fascinating character are we at risk of glamorizing someone though we risk is you know at the end of the day this man spent 40 years in prison one are we risking make you know glamorizing this for entertainment values you know this person whose life has been in and out of prison and are we sort of making light of what is a very serious situation in that you know there's there's a lot of evidence to say that he shouldn't be in prison because he's you know his mental health and he's been mistreated are we risking just making entertainment for entertainment's sake or are you you know are we telling us you know a story and hoping it makes a difference um, I definitely want to hear Jay's opinion on this, but what I will say quickly is I don't think we're at risk of glamorizing it at all because I think everything that's displayed in the play comes from wanting to authentically tell the story and tell Mark's truth. And that's what we're doing. And also there's no need to glamorize or to dramatize because it's all really happened. And that's all we're doing. We're telling what's happened and particularly with uh, Mark's escape attempts. And we're not sort of going, here's this miraculous escape artist. We're going, here's this man who's incredibly clever and has actually attempted 13 escapes. Jay, what's, what's your thoughts on it from your sort of coming in from your angle? Mm, I agree completely. I don't think, well, actually, I think there is always a risk when you're telling a true story or telling a story about someone. Um, there's always a risk when we dramatize things that it could go in a direction that might not benefit. But in this case, I don't think we are. I think when we get things like actual letters from him and we find out little details that we wouldn't have been able to through just traditional research, it, it I don't know, for me, it really sits with me. Like it, it really kind of shocks me. Like, God, this is, this, this is a real person. And like, when you develop um, a play like this, you really just have that in the back of your mind. And, and the whole time it's there, like you've got it there, like you you want to tell his story. And again, you want to make him sound like the hero in his own story. You want to you want to use his story to, to tell a bigger picture. You want to make a comment on on stories like this that happen all over that we, we just haven't heard about yet. Mark is one of many, you know, and if it's a bigger comment on the American judicial system, I'd like to think that Mark would be happy knowing that his story is being used for a bigger purpose for for something better so yeah no i don't think we're at risk of doing that i think we're we're all very aware of of um sort of the responsibility that comes with it now i'll go put my daily mail head on here 
and anyone yeah. who listens to these podcasts know how much I love the Daily Mail. How would you reply to the typical Daily Mail reader who would just argue he's been in prisons for 40 years, he obviously deserves it, we shouldn't be making a play about him then? That is a good question, and that's a question a lot of people have asked over the years. The reason Mark has suffered so much and the reason he's been in prison so long is because of his mental health issues, his mental illness, and the way he was treated. It's thought that Mark's got autism, and in 1980s America, that sort of wasn't picked up. That wasn't really taken seriously. He wasn't given the support that he needed. And he went into prison not thinking he'd done anything wrong at all. And the sort of the basic way of explaining it is he didn't think being in prison was right. Um, he knew he could get out. So he did. Um, and that's what he's he's been quoted saying. He's been saying, like, if they don't want me to stay here, then I'm not going to stay here. Mm. If they wanted me to stay here, they'd keep me here. And they weren't capable of doing that. But obviously, with the escapes comes added years onto his sentence. And Mark's lawyer was quoted as saying, um, we're punishing him for being mentally ill. That's what's happening. Because if it wasn't for his mental illness and if he was given more support and more care, then mm. he wouldn't. he probably wouldn't be in prison now. There was something um, a couple of weeks ago as well I saw, and I'm talking about people in this country who've been in prison a lot longer than their sentences because usually because of mental health again, because they're not deemed to be you know, ready to be released and they're on indefinite sentences. And it's it's a crazy situation. I think America is worse, isn't it? I mean, the penal system in America, you hear so many stories like Mark's, don't you, where they've been in there for 20, 30 years, maybe for a shoplifting crime or something, just so ridiculous. I mean, let's let's just just to sort of fill people in. The reason Mark went to prison originally was to do with taking tools he was left by his father, wasn't it? Yeah. So, um, so um, I don't know whether or not you know, but um, Mark worked with his father. He's a mechanical whiz, basically. He's been very gifted with um, building things, things like that, putting things back together from a very young age. So um, he was very close with his father through that. And um, when his father passed, in his will, he left these tools that they had used together to mark and basically what happened is mark went in and took these tools that were rightfully his before the will was probated i think i think mm -hmm. it's it's very finicky particular laws and um his stepmother then called the police on him saying well he can't be here to do that yeah over something as small as that of course like mark and mark he didn't understand like he he knew that the tools were his and they were his like it was just a you know a tiny little thing it it i when i couldn't believe when i read it so um and anyone's interested to learn a bit more do look him up on wikipedia as an opening for how he's then spent most of his life in prison it is absolutely bizarre isn't it just something that could almost be sort of called an you know just a, a misunderstanding yeah. an accident has cost him 40 yeah. years of his life almost isn't it now you've mentioned this a couple of times um He's made 13 prison attempted escapes and successful seven times. Is there an urge just to make to have written a play just about a prison break? Because, I mean, you could surely fill a whole two hours plus just on prison breaks here. Yeah, that, that's definitely where, like, a lot of, I think, the, the drama comes from. And I think that's, we've, we know a lot of sort of fiction and things about prison breaks, and it, it is very interesting. In the first run of this play, we didn't really touch on the escapes yeah, too, much. too much. We we mentioned maybe two or three of them, um, but mm. they weren't sort of fundamental to what we were trying to do in the story we were mm. telling. I uh, I know now from speaking to Mark, I asked him what he thought of the Houdini stuff. 
and he basically said it's it's all a bunch of trash um he was basically saying if if i am houdini then i wouldn't be here he just said like i yes i have escaped 13 times but that doesn't mean i'm houdini Mm. He's also been caught a few of those times, otherwise he wouldn't be in there. Yes. <laughs> right, let's get on to the sort of the aspects of mental health, which again we've talked about. How much of the play is addressing the mental health side of things? In that, mm-hmm. are you portraying him to really bring out the autism, so, you know, the, the autism and sort of that side of things in his character? So it's a tricky one because um, obviously I I don't have that. I cannot as I cannot accurately reflect that as much as someone who does um you know live with that day to day um could so um i want to portray it as accurately as i can as authentically as i can while still honoring um the the drama that we're creating as well it's very important to me to represent that because i think you know as we've spoken about it is what the whole story is about and um it's it's why mike is in prison I think it's absolutely crucial to to get it right. So yeah, like honestly, there's a bit of pressure there. Like I I do want to get it right because I care about it. If that makes if that makes sense. Absolutely, yeah. Um, and from a writing point of view, Aaron, again, how do you write when you, a character? Because autism can go from sort of the spectrum of autism is massive, isn't it? That's part of the problem. You can you could be a fully functional, you know fully functional but the autism affects you in ways that aren't always visible so how do you go about writing this character again this person i've got to stop calling character this real person um to to try and portray the mental health side of things as well yeah i think what's important is i i don't write mark as an autistic character or as an autistic person i write mark as who he is authentically and i write the events that really happened Um, and i think what's also important to mention is that Mark is portrayed by Jay as an authentic person and not a caricature of any sort of mental illness or anything like that, because um, we've got enough sort of quotes from Mark um, in the documentary and in his letters. We know what his thoughts are on things. We know how he speaks and how he says things. So that's that's where the sort of the writing part of it comes from. I just think about what Mark authentically as a person would say and how he would act, knowing him and who he is. I met somebody we talked about before as well, how, how important you think is, and this is my sort of question I ask a lot of people, theatre's role in raising awareness of these stories. Do you, okay, first off, theatre is about entertainment. We go to be entertained in the theatre, don't we? But secondly, we sometimes we go to learn and be educated and to raise awareness. How, how important is the raising awareness to you when you write? Very, very important. It's probably up their level with entertaining, if not slightly higher. I think if if someone's coming to the theatre purely to be entertained, then they shouldn't watch this one. Mm. It will entertain. And that's like, it, it's funny in places. It's um, dramatic and it's absurd and it's fun to watch in points, but then also it's difficult to watch. And I think we want to make people that are comfortable in their lives feel uncomfortable mm. because you shouldn't be comfortable if this is happening in the world. You could be moved in strange ways in theatre, can't you? And um it's I think these plays, I mean, I, I love I love plays like this, you know, because I go to try and sort of learn outside of what I know, which is why mm. I will definitely be coming to see this. Do you want to give us a sales pitch then? Why should other people come and see the Freeze when it plays at the Lion and Unicorn between the 15th and 19th of March? Yes. 
everyone in the world should come and watch this play because it's an authentically true story um, and fiction is fantastic, but a true story is something else, especially one like this, when the tragedy and the absurdism don't need any dramatization at all. It's all there, it's all real. We're quite literally just retelling it on stage. Um, and Unmarked Theatre as a company, we're now becoming known slowly, we're, make, we're making our way, we're becoming known for experimenting with form. And this show previously has been pointed out for being Brecht worshipping Kafkaesque and Artudian in places. It's, um, it goes in every direction. Um, so it's certainly refreshing and it will be entertaining to watch. I do, I do think that. <laughs> and why should we come and watch you pl play the phrase then, Jay? Because I'll do my absolute best. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, because uh, Mark, you referred to him as a character, but Mark is a bit of a character. He's an incredibly interesting person. And uh, when you really get deep with him, when you really um, see his authentic self, it is, it's harrowing learning about um, what this man's mental state must be going through, what his mind must be like. Um, and seeing inside his mind for even a, an hour of um, of your time is definitely something that you won't forget. I mean, if I'm doing this for a second time, it it must be for good reason. Otherwise, I'm crazy. <laughs> how how I know he's going to wrap it up. I've got I've just thought this. Mm. What's it like if you're playing a real person? What's what's mm. it like? Do you do you ever think about how they would take if if they come and watch you play? Mm. I mean, and that must happen sometimes. God, I'd be nervous. Oh my God, I'd be <laughs> terrified. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, you do want to. I think one thing that I would, um, I definitely try and do is just see if I can um, make an impersonation. See if I can pick up mannerisms first. Mm. Um, but um, I think it would probably be quite difficult because when you're reflecting sort of the inside of somebody else's mind and what they must be feeling, what they must be going through, I think that would be quite. Um, unsettling i don't know it would be for me if i was in the audience's perspective for that and and if you ever had the chance to take this to america so you could perform mm. in front of mark mm. i'd jump at it we'd love that to would. do that yeah i'd love to do that interesting yeah. how it goes down absolutely absolutely fascinating yeah. aaron lee jay it's been an absolute pleasure as i say this is um say lion unicorn theater 15th and 19th mm. of march so that's a tuesday to saturday isn't it um yeah, five nights. I say, lovely place to go to at the best of times, but this play does look fascinating. Thank you both for your time. I look forward to seeing you in a few weeks' time. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Thanks very much, Rob. Pleasure. Thanks so much for listening. Please check out our website at everything-theatre.co.uk where you can find reviews and past interviews that we've done. And please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes where we'll be talking to more of the amazing people who make theatre the wonderful place it is. This has been Everything Theatre. We hope you enjoyed. Yay!